Welcome to episode 217 of the Comeback Podcast. I am your host, Connor, and today my guest is Francois Bibon, produced a documentary, Once Upon a Bridge in Vietnam, which aims to look at Vietnamese music and a link with France. I'm excited to have this conversation today. Francois, welcome. How are you? Hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm good, and you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we were just saying, this Vietnam lockdown is a bit crazy, but except for that, everything's all right. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So where yeah. about in France are you based at the moment, Francois? Right now I live in Fontainebleau. So it's um, it's like one hour in the south of Paris. It's a small city and it's in the middle of the forest. It's a very nice city. Oh, awesome. And is that where you grew up? Yeah, I went to the middle school there, mm. and uh, yeah. What was life so like? What was life like growing up there? Was it quite a, quite a peaceful setting? What was it all like? Yeah, so you know, like a lot of a lot of families actually, they they are from Paris, and they decided to to go there to to get a, a nice uh, nice place for the kids. So you know, like Paris is very busy and. This is a very nice place to, to be like close to Paris, but just to have nice childhood. Yeah. So, yeah. And I believe this documentary explores the relationship between France and Vietnam. Can you tell me of more, course. more about Vietnam? How did that all come about for you? So the first time I went to Vietnam was uh, two years and a half ago. So my grandmother is from Hanoi. So when she passed away, I, I came to Vietnam with my family and because uh, we never we never went to Vietnam with my grandmother mm. so we were we were like yeah we, we had we have to pay tribute to her and go there you know so um, I went there and I, I directly like I was I fell in love with the with Hanoi with the city and and especially in the landscape around we went to Sapa also Mm. and I had like it was like magic magic trip so I decided to go there again and I went a second time there um, to make an internship in a travel agency so I was doing uh, I was uh, working for the French um, how to say the French side of the travel agency and I was uh, an intern so as a marketing intern and after I came back to France and then I decided to go again to Vietnam with this documentary project. Yeah, and let's begin then. Once upon a bridge in Vietnam, what was the idea behind this documentary? Yeah, so you mean behind this title? Or... Yes. Yeah, the title is very interesting, right? So actually, it's, it, it comes from um, a cellist. Uh, who gave me this uh, keyword bridge? He, we were talking, and I was saying, "Yeah, I need to find a title and stuff." And uh, he, he told me about the the Long Bien Bridge in Hanoi, the French bridge. And so I had this idea of bridge, the connection between Vietnam of, uh, and France through uh, music. And um, it took me after like one year to find the exact title. And I was like, how can I use the word bridge with a catchy, uh, catchy title and stuff? Yeah. And I don't know, it came just like this. I was like, I need a storytelling, I need a story. And it just came like this, once upon a bridge in Vietnam. Yeah. And why did you decide to do the documentary? Was it 
partially to do with your grandmother or were you interested mm. in curling? So the music, uh, actually, I, I'm involved in the, I, I, I used to be like a pianist. I wanted to be a professional pianist. Then I, I, I started to work for music industry, festivals and doing videos for music academies. And uh, I was also working for a classical music label company, recording company. And one day I was doing the, the how to say in English, the, the schedules of the artists. And uh, I was looking where, where do they go and stuff. They're going to Japan, to South Korea, to China. But I was wondering, what about Vietnam? You know, what's going on in Vietnam? Is there an orchestra? Is there a music scene for Western classical musicians and stuff? So this is how one day I suddenly had this idea to investigate the classical music scene in Vietnam. Yeah, and your journey, did it take you mainly to the north of Vietnam or did you also explore mm. Saigon in the south? I went to Saigon two times to, to, uh, to film the orchestra. So the uh, Ho Chi Minh Ballet and Opera Symphony Orchestra. And um, it was very, very interesting as well. And I really liked the opera house in Saigon. And my next documentary, uh, I want to focus more about the, the south of Vietnam because this year I stayed mainly in Hanoi. And when I went to the countryside, it was um, not very far from Hanoi. So, yeah. Yeah, I see. And with that, did you find any differences about classical music in the north of Vietnam and the south of Vietnam? So first, there's a... You mean difference from between Vietnam and Europe or between North and South? Uh, between the North and the South. Oh, very. So um, I think there's uh, actually in the North in Hanoi, the classical music scene is uh, more busy, you know. There are more music projects, I feel, mm. than in the South. But still in the South, the, how to say, there's still an orchestra, music school and stuff. And um, about the, the atmosphere, I felt that the musicians from the orchestra in Saigon, I felt uh, more, how to say, I was directly close to them because they, they all speak English and a lot of them, they speak French, you know. And the, the members of the orchestra in the North, I, I, I barely communicate with them because they, they mainly speak uh, Vietnamese. And even the, the, the conductor of the Hanoi Orchestra is Japanese, so he doesn't speak, he cannot speak, you know, with the members of the orchestra, a lot of them. So it's very funny, different atmosphere. And in the South, I feel that the orchestra um, is, uh, how to say, uh, I feel that the orchestra in the North, in Hanoi, is really connected to the government, you know. It's like the, the capital of the country and stuff. So the first time I listened to the, um, to the orchestra in the North, they played the national anthem. So there's really this idea of uh, uh, connection with the nation, with the government. And in the South, I don't feel like this, it's different. So yeah. yeah. And back to what we mentioned briefly, how does it differ classical music compared to Europe? Yeah, very interesting. Uh, first, I think the programs. So the programs uh, in, in Vietnam, the orchestra, they play Vietnamese compositions as well. 
and some of them include um, Vietnamese traditional instruments. So there's um, a connection, a combination between, uh, how to say, Western harmony, Western music, and traditional uh, Vietnamese culture. So that's very interesting. And on the other side, uh, of course, it's a very young, uh, um, young uh, people here in Vietnam. The demography is not the same. So the big difference is also the public. In Europe, in France, in Paris, the public is very old. You see like a lot of gray hairs <laughs> in concert halls listening to music. But here, every, everybody's young and I feel this energy you know that i don't that i don't see here in europe so this two big differences yeah absolutely and i suppose from doing your documentary what would you say are the main links or the main similarities between vietnam and france that you found mm. uh it's i think it's not about similarities but about history and uh, one thing is I have a master degree in history and actually I'm doing also music history through my documentary and I during my interviews I usually I, I speak about the French culture here and I made a lot of research, research and I, I found out that the classical music culture you know it was brought by the French during Indochina and there were a lot of concerts in the 1890s so at the beginning you know and uh, the opera houses were built by the french in saigon in haiphong and in hanoi and vietnamese really like that um that um that history because it's it's a very how to say a very interesting uh, element that the french brought here yeah, I see. I see. From the wall. So that's very interesting. And yeah. yeah. The other stuff is Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> and the Vietnamese Vietnamese uh, really like to play French music as well. So there's and a lot of uh, exchange between Vietnamese artists and French artists. So that's a good connection. And uh, yeah. And did you have a favorite part about producing the documentary? Yeah, I have. I do. Because so first, you know, I started to shoot the orchestra and film music projects in, in the city. And then I, I progressively, I was more focused about the Vietnamese culture, the countryside and music projects outside. So um, I, um, I really, really enjoyed being in a music festival in the north of Vietnam, in uh, the mountains of Yen Bai, Yen Bai province. And this was very out of the box, but this festival was about promoting the forest of Yen Bai. And the people who were playing were the same people I filmed in Hanoi uh, at the orchestra, but they were playing different songs and also traditional music. So here it was very, very interesting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And would you give any advice to anybody looking at getting into producing or making a documentary of similar style? Mm. The first advice is to um, maybe have a good team, 
<laughs> because when when you have a good team you you feel uh, you know you have energy when you you don't believe sometimes you don't believe anymore in your project you have the language you have the covid you have a lot of stuff going on and you need you need someone to help you to support you so i managed to to deal with myself and i was kind of alone you know through that trip but then when i when i met some people who helped me and and uh, encouraged me and not about money but just energy i i really like it helped me so much so when you have a team and a good environment of people it's the first thing the first thing to get yeah yeah i see um and the other the other stuff is um you know like everything you do will be connected to your documentary even if you don't think so you know so um, when you when you when you teach English, for example, because I, I was a teacher as well, you, you, you exchange with the people here and you will learn about music as well. You can speak to them about that and you can learn Vietnamese language. And after you learn that Vietnamese language is also music language. So everything is connected and it's always about learning and you will connect that to your projects. Everything will be connected. Yeah, okay, that's good. And do you have... Yeah. What are your thoughts on the reception that the documentary received? How did you find the feedback? Oh, so I had very great feedbacks. Uh, during the process of the documentary, people were very um, enthusiastic and they, they were willing to help. And if I want to interview someone, usually it's a positive answer. That's the first thing. Second thing is when I launched my crowdfunding recently and I put a trailer I had a lot of people like sharing this stuff and writing very nice stuff about that project. And no, not, not only a few sentences, but like a whole text, a whole, um, a whole page, you know, of uh, saying like why this documentary would be important for Vietnam. And it's not just about um, music in Vietnam. It's also about music history and how to make a new, how to say, new kind of communication for the community, the artists and the musicians here in connection with the foreign culture. And when you're making a documentary, what are the key things that you should have in mind? Do you have to be patient? Do you have to be driven? What are the key mm. characteristics? The key characteristics is, of course, to be patient first, I would say. Um, I had that uh, very, how to say, sometimes you want to interview someone and, you know, they cancel and they, you have another appointment, they will cancel again. <laughs> and three weeks later, they will cancel again. So you, you will interview them two, two months later, you know. And so you need to accept that and to say to yourself, maybe this documentary will take seven years, eight years, I have no idea, but I just want to do something good. And you know, someone, someone told me one day, everything quick, uh, nothing quick is good. Yeah, nothing quick is good. And it's so true, you know. So if you take time and if you believe in your projects, everything will be okay. You just need to take your time to do it it's not a race yeah that's the first thing you have to uh to deal with and the second thing is um 
let me think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just think about that right now. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. You can always mention yeah. if you remember. Oh, no, no, sorry. Sorry, the other thing. Yeah, for this <laughs> kind of project is, um, you know, this is a documentary, so you're learning something. So, of course, everything you plan about the script, uh, the questions, the interviews, the, the locations, everything will change because each time you interview someone, you get different answers. You don't get the answer you expect and this guy will introduce you another to another guy who may be more interest, interesting. So everything will change and the documentary is, the documentary itself, the documentary process is somehow more interesting than the final work you know what i mean yeah sure. it's an ex it's an experience so it's very interesting so yeah i see and with that experience and that process what was the most difficult part for you um at the beginning you know i had to uh, rent the camera mm. and each time i rent the camera the guy was saying no you cannot because you are a foreigner because we had like uh, in Hanoi, two years ago, someone stole camera from a rental place. And after they got, you know, like, uh, worried about that, which I understand that totally, you know. So I, each time I had to, to ask someone to go with me and stuff. And so it was just practice, practice stuff mm. like this. And also about the budget, you know, so I have to, to make money to rent and to, to set up the stuff and uh, to pay, to hire some people to uh, assist me during the shooting because when I'm interviewing someone, I don't film, you know? So that was the first stuff. And the second problem might be the, um, uh, it's very, very uh, random, but just like the, the music scene was uh, slowed down by the COVID, you know, with the COVID. Yeah, of course. So this was another stuff, and I I, I planned to go to in, even to the to Dalat to Kondao Island near in the, to 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 Saigon again and stuff, and I I had to cancel these trips. So this was the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for real. And based on your exploration of Vietnam and the work you've done and what you've seen. What is it about Vietnam that you think is so special? What makes this place such a beautiful country? Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 my answer is random. I would say everything <laughs> because I was like mesmerized by everything at the beginning. But so through this project is really, you really feel that everything is possible. Like really everything. And I mainly, I, I actually, I did everything I wanted nearly, you know. And if without the COVID, I could have gone to all the places I, I wanted and get the network I want and shoot what I want, you know. And it's not just about the budget because of course it's cheaper than in Europe, but it's also about the people, you know, they are very, they welcome you, you know, and they, I'd say they listen to you and they, they, they will help you and support your projects. So this is really something very, very important. And I think I, this is something I show in the documentary. It's about the, 
the new generation in Vietnam, the, the way they involve with new projects and the way they bring energy to people and they support people, even if it doesn't work, they will do another project again. You know? And they, they, they accept uh, also to, to fail. Uh, for example, they, they, I, I went to a music festival in the north and everything was cancelled because of the rain. And it took months for them to prepare this festival, but it was a ride for them. They will do it again, you know. So you really feel that that freedom, and I think it's something really special in Vietnam. Yeah, for real. And you also yeah. mentioned that you have another documentary planned. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. So, you know, all the places I wanted to go, and I couldn't go because of the COVID. Uh, I will go there. Ah, <laughs> so it will nice. be another. Yeah, it will be another documentary. I want to go to the Highland Mountains and study gong music. So it's another kind of music. You know gong? Uh, G-O-N-G? Yeah. No, I don't know it. What is it? I'm not sure. It, uh, like percuss percussive music? Um, okay. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and um, I want to go to this island named Kandao. Kandao Island. Yeah, I've been. I've been. <laughs> You've been there. Yeah, you know the story with it used to be a huge jail during yes. the in the in the China and yeah. Indeed, but yeah. Um, but the French a French composer went there in 1895. It's crazy, and he he finished his opera there, and he also wrote a letter to a friend who was uh, in France at that time, and he was writing that. He was asking, why do we do such things to Vietnamese? Their music is so beautiful and stuff. So I think it's a very nice story to start, uh, you know, a documentary fiction. Yeah, absolutely. No, that would love, be a lovely way to link France, Vietnam and its music back together. Also another yeah. documentary. Yeah, like a secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool, man. So yeah. I suppose before we wrap this up, where can we find out more about the work you do online or on social media and the documentary? Yeah, yeah. So first, I'm I'm very active on Facebook. So you know, I'm I live in Vietnam, so I'm open to any friend request on Facebook. Just have to write François Biban. I have uh, the, the the page of my movie. I just I just made it. It's Once Upon a Bridge in Vietnam. Just have to write that on Facebook, and I got a website. It's the name of the my my studio name Studio T Quan, so it's a studio and then T H I K O A N Studio T Quan dot com, and there's also the Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign. Just have to write Vietnam, and you will find the documentary on Indiegogo. Excellent. Well, Francois, thank you very much for your time today. I've really enjoyed the chat and the very best of yeah. with your future work. Me too, man. Thank you.